Welcome to the Scholars and Storytellers podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers at UCLA. This is the first episode of our new series, Teens Are Watching, where real teens talk about media-related topics that matter to them. This episode deals with mental health and media. Our panelists are three U.S. teens, Paige Snepp, Lalith Goody, and Ellie Landon. Our moderator is Navia Robinson, a teen actress known for Disney Channel's Raven's Home and Netflix's Free Reign. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, I am Navia Robinson, and I'm very, very excited to be here today. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of the Center for Scholars and Storytellers new series, Teens Are Watching. I'm really excited to be the moderator for this wonderful panel of teenagers for our first discussion in this series, which is all about empowering teen voices in conversations around media. Today, we will talk about mental health and how it's portrayed in the media and our teens and their impressions of these portrayals. But before we get started, I would love to introduce our teen panelists. First off, we have Paige Snap from the West Coast. Hi, I'm Paige. I'm 18. I'm from Los Angeles, and I have worked with the Center for Scholars and Storytellers for about a year. And in the past, I've worked with the um, National Alliance on Mental Illness. So, hi. Hi, I'm super excited to speak with you. Thank you, Paige. And next up, we have Ellie Langdon. My name is Ellie. I'm 16 years old. I'm from like San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm currently a sophomore in high school. And yeah, this is my first time working with the Center for Scholars and Storytellers, but I'm really passionate about mental health, especially like how it can be portrayed in the media. So yeah. Thank you so much. We're very excited to have you, Ellie. And last but not least, we have Lalith Goody. Hi everyone, um, my name is Lalith. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I'm 17 years old and I'm a current junior in high school. I've also recently been part of Center for Storytellers and Scholars and I think mental health is important and we should focus on that in the media and sports. Let's get started with our first question about mental health in the media. The first question is, who do you think does a better job at portraying mental health in the media? Hollywood media or social media creators? Paige, let's start with you. Okay, so I mean, I personally think that in the today's time, I think social media does a better job at portraying this because you have more diversity and also um, social media is more tailored towards your interests specifically rather than, you know, what showrunners may perceive to be the interests of teens. And also because there's a kind of like disconnect you might view in, um, you know, television and movies and it's not as relatable, you actually might not be able to, you know, feel as bad or compare yourself to, you know, characters and shows rather than like real people on your For You page. So. Yeah. That's a great point. Ellie, how about yourself? Uh, that was a great point, Paige. Um, say, I think something that's great about social media influencers is that, you know, they're real people. It's not a character on a TV show. So I think um, that can be used in a really, like powerful way to um, kind of raise awareness about mental health. But what I would say about social media influencers is that I think, especially the more famous ones, a big part of their job is to kind of show how their life is perfect or only show the parts of their lives that are good. And I think oftentimes because of that, if social media influencers are experiencing mental health problems, they won't talk about them. But I think that definitely recently, especially in the pandemic, more social media influencers have spoken out about it. And so I think that's really great. I think I agree with what Paige said about like kind of how Hollywood portrays it. 
something that's compelling about Hollywood is that you kind of get to see full experience of a character if they have mental health problems or issues, um, not just kind of what they want to show you, like social media influencers. So yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I was going to say something similar. I think that's a great point. I think Hollywood has the resources to portray these stories as accurately as possible, but often they they fail to maybe because they don't have the proper writers who are in touch with, with teenagers and what they go through. But as you said, because they are fictionalized characters, they don't have to go through the stigmatization of a not really wanting to expose all those vulnerable parts of your life. And so that could be what's so helpful about Hollywood. But I think what Hollywood media has to get down is, is the accuracy of it all and the authenticity of it all. Lalith, what do you think? Uh, I agree with all you guys. Um, I think like with Hollywood, we see more of like a dynamic change in mental health because usually in TV shows and like movies, there's a smaller time and we see much bigger changes in characters. Like, you know, they go from being like very depressed or, you know, feeling thoughts of doubtfulness to like, you know, very positive and happy. But I actually think social media influences are better because a lot of athletes these days, like Ellie touched up on, have mentioned their mental health and how like, you know, being in the bubble for the NBA caused depression and various thoughts or even, you know, missing out on family because not traveling in various COVID. So I think social media influencers are more relatable, but at the same time, I think they filter stuff too. So end of the day, I think it's like, you know, both ways, pros and cons. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely true. And also there's something nice about like seeing real life people, like you said, NBA players, people that you respect and appreciate, like talk about things that you can relate to. Moving on. How has the media impacted your daily habits, both negatively and positively? Uh, Ellie, we'll start with you. Um, I think positively, I'll just say social media, I think is a really great way to connect with friends, especially in the pandemic. You know, it's been harder to kind of see people. And so I think that's been great about social media. Mm -hmm. One thing that is negative, I would say, is there's this kind of um, glow up culture, which is influencers or just people on social media kind of like show how they looked before and then show kind of show a transformation. And usually the transformation is to become, you know, skinnier and definitely fit into societal beauty standards more. And I think that's kind of harmful because it can make you think that like that's the end goal and that's what you need to look like in order to, you know, be good or to be perceived as good by other people. Yeah. Lalith, can I pass it on to you? Yeah. Um, so I think positively, I think I see a lot more people posting about, you know, various cultures, different issues throughout the world. And that's caused more awareness between teens. And I think that's helping everyone because the word is getting out more Black Lives Matter or Palestinian protests or just various other issues. And um, I think negatively, though, like Ellie said, a lot of people are forgetting that you can do things and be successful in different ways you don't have to follow an influencer or you don't have to follow like a famous five-star athlete a lot of nfl people have actually come from three stars or even homeless so i think these days social media has been trying to get everyone to do something in similar paths but people are forgetting that you can actually create your own path and you know like create your own history totally Paige, um can i ask you the same question yeah i just cut out but i'm back so um Nice. So I think going off of what Ellie said, I think glow up culture is a huge issue in both uh, social media and actually like, shows and movies because it really depicts like struggling with mental health and other issues as, you know, kind of you'll have this moment where you glow up and you'll kind of overcome these issues and it'll be fixed and everything's fine. 
But I think the reality for many people struggling with mental illness is you don't have that snap moment where you glow up, you're beautiful, everything's perfect. You're still, it's still management and you're still struggling with it throughout your normal life. And I think kind of focusing more on how to manage these issues rather than waiting for this moment where you're, I mean, I would say with the actually like TikTok and things like more tailored to my taste, instead of like seeking out toxic accounts, which might undermine my self-esteem, like on Instagram, I might, you know, automatically be liking things that kind of reinforce better habits. So some like somehow the algorithm can guess it for me, like on TikTok. So I feel like depending on the app, it can kind of be more beneficial. But yeah. No, that's, first of all, all of that was very valuable information. But second of all, I think that's totally true. I mean, the algorithms really dictate how your social media experience is. Like, it's kind of out of your hands in a lot of ways. I think what you said about Instagram is kind of very true, where those accounts that can, as you said, undermine your self-esteem are so much, like, more accessible and uh, than they would be on, like, say, TikTok or something like that that's particularly catered to your interest. So I think, personally... Social media can affect me negatively in that all, all those different things that can bring you down and your mental health down are very easy to fall into. And social media platforms are built to where you fall down a rabbit hole of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And of course, that doesn't necessarily benefit your mental health. And you can make personal decisions to try to like, you know, go against the grain. But ultimately, those things are literally designed to be addictive. And so I think everybody is going to have uh, their moments where social media affects them negatively in that way. So, but it can also be great because we learn so much from it, especially in regards to social justice and things like that. I think it's so prevalent in our generation, particularly because we have social networking stuff. So, and did anybody want to add anything else before we move on to the next question? I just want to echo what you said. I think like you articulated it perfectly. And I just, yeah, I really agree. I think like social media has a lot of power, especially in things going on in the world, like Black Lives Matter we talked about. And I think it's also a place where you can get educated, which is good, but I think you also have to be careful about what information from social media you kind of take to be true, because since so many people are putting information out there, not all of it is factual. Very, very true. And what about like TVs and movies too, in regards to how TV and film can affect you negatively and positively? Are there any particular shows that have done, you know, negative? have had negative influence or positive influence that you guys can think of? I'm like trying to think myself. Like, <laughs> I think often I've watched shows that are meant to portray teenagers and ultimately they are like 32 year olds. And I'm like, how is this supposed to help us? Like, especially if I was younger, if I wasn't 16 watching this stuff and I was like 11 or 12 more impressionable watching these 28 year olds play 16 year olds and assuming that's how I was supposed to look when I'm 16. I mean, that's dangerous. <laughs> it can definitely be dangerous for your self-esteem. Have you guys had that same experience ever? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely, I was actually, I was going to bring that up. I mean, I think for shows that try to, you know, em create empathy with these characters and kind of make it feel relatable to the mm -hmm. high school experience and address high school mental health issues, you know, having that age gap between the actor and the character is a huge issue because, I mean, subconsciously, I'm always thinking like, the actor, this person is an adult and the problems they face are so fundamentally different from the ones I'm facing now. As a high schooler, as a young person, I'm living at home. 
it's completely different and it registers in my mind without me really even you know thinking about it so um, i think a show that has pretty big influence on me is actually all american because mm. um the first time i've watched it i've actually thought like jordan simone everyone else i thought they were like 16 17 yeah. But then I did a quick Google search and I found that they're like late twenties and you know early thirties. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but I just think like the problems they face, like you know, because they're like settled in life and you know they're kind of like going up against us. You know, where we're trying to get into college, we're trying to like make a future living, we're trying to help our parents. And even though the problems are relatable, like being an athlete, you know, you got to keep grades up, you got to help your family succeed, and you got to succeed. I just think that like having a more younger perspective would actually open the characteristic out more. I think. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. And then also, I think there's a layer to like employing people that are that age to play teenagers where they can like get away with things that aren't necess- aren't appropriate to show teenagers <laughs> doing on screen. But there's a little bit of a suspicious element to that. It's like, maybe we can just show teenagers lives as they are without having to feel like you have to play them up to a certain degree that's kind of not uh, okay. <laughs> Let's move on to our final question for this Q&A portion. In recent research conducted by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers, they found that teens who watched the third season of 13 Reasons Why reported increased conversations with their peers and parents about mental health afterward, and they looked up information on mental health issues because of what they watched. Paige or um, Ellie, Lalith, anyone? How have you ever watched something that you that dealt with mental health and got curious about it afterward? And if so, what did you guys do? Lalith, we can start with you. I think I'll go back to All American, actually. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, when I watch the show, um, it actually relates to me a lot because I play sports as well. But I'm also like, I have a lot of things on my shoulder, whether it's grades or like AP tests or college applications. So in the show, they show like the athlete going to like a mental health counselor. And so... Uh, what I did for myself was I didn't obviously go to a mental health counselor, but I was looking at various tips from different blog people, you know, who had like the same pathway as me, except they were a couple years older. Cause I think that's more relatable when someone's gone through the same path as you, but they're, you know, just like two, three years older. Yeah. And so I think like reading blogs or different newspapers with similar pathways would go a long way. Does anybody else want to chime in? Yeah. So I, one show that I watched is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And basically in the show, it's like a comedy and they use also like songs to kind of um, like talk about uh, what's going on in the plot. But in the show, the main character goes kind of like what Lala said, goes and gets help, like mental health help. And I think just seeing, um, seeing a character on a TV show go and search for that and then have like a positive outcome from looking for that mental health. It kind of, it made me feel less scared to reach out for help in a situation where I would need it. And I think it kind of like destigmatized therapy and also just like any kind of mental health help for me, which was really amazing. Yeah. Paige? Yeah. Um, I was actually going to say like, I've watched 13 reasons why and it actually like i although it may have increased conversations about mental health there was there were certain scenes that you know kind of had a negative impact on me for instance one of the plot points of the show is that this guy tries to console this girl that he likes and she kills herself and records a tape saying like it was part part of the reason she killed herself was because he left when she told him to leave the room and that she kind of blamed him for leaving and respecting her boundaries. 
And that scene in particular really negatively impacted me because I, I it left me thinking like, how can I properly console my friends? How do I know to balance, you know, their boundaries and, and, you know, knowing when to step in and really support them? That dynamic really never registered with me until I had to actually do it myself later on, like with my friends who are struggling. And I think that there could be a lot more showing, you know, how to properly support your friends and also just like, maybe not in an environment where in media you're showing like negative outcomes from respecting boundaries and just better portrayals of support in general. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's so interesting is I feel like shows and films standing alone could be great resources for learning about mental health. But I think so far, most of us, or at least myself, have had the experience where, for example, like kind of piggybacking off of what you said about 13 Reasons Why, when you see something and it has more of a negative influence and then you feel the need to like displace that what you just saw and try to understand it by like going and looking up some other resource or doing um you know research that way like there are some films that i love there's a movie called girl interrupted that i really like and it is about girls in in a mental institution but i watched it and i loved the movie because i love the actors but i was like i don't know how entirely accurate that is and i felt like i've had more experiences like that in like Hollywood media where I'm like, is that really, like, are they accurately portraying these people? I'm not quite sure. And that's really what's inspired me to like do my own research. And I hope that kind of changes and that we can look at like films and shows and see them um, represent people and their struggles authentically. Hi listeners. We hope that you are enjoying this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. The Center for Scholars and Storytellers is an organization dedicated to bridging the gap between scholars and storytellers to promote positive youth development. Do you have a team that might want to be featured on Teens Are Watching or submit a topic to cover next? Check out our website at scholarsandstorytellers.com slash youth-engagement. Now back to the conversation. So what do you guys think about uh, how mental health is portrayed in the media? Do you think that their work is benefiting teens or is there still room to grow? I think I've definitely seen movement in a positive direction. You know, I just think like one example of a show is is Big Mouth, which is like a, a, a like a comedy animation about like a bunch of middle schoolers. But I just think, you know, I think there's definitely been work and I think, um, in Hollywood, people are really trying to um, portray mental health more accurately. And like, I've definitely seen that, but I def I still think there's um, a lot of work to be done because I think sometimes mental health issues can be kind of, the accuracy of their portrayal can kind of be pushed aside or not yeah. focused as much and kind of um, the drama or like the excitement of the show can be prioritized. And I think like, it's really important, obviously, if you want to make a show exciting to watch, but also to make sure you're portraying any mental health issues, make sure you do it in an accurate way. Yeah. And also, like, not just, like, in a one-noted way, because I think so often we see mental health portrayed in either, like, a very minute, small form of what it is and not the bigger picture or, like, even how intense mental health struggles can be. I think, I guess media in general, particularly like television needs to get more comfortable with getting more in depth what to what, what mental health can mean and like how diverse that experience can be depending on the particular person or the particular community that they're from or a part of, because that really changes your experience. I know being Black, it's very, 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 like I, I truly, 
all American, I think is one of the only times that I've seen a, a black a person or young person go through mental health struggles and it kind of be portrayed in a respectful way and not in a comedic way or not in a way that disregards them being actual humans. So I think that's important and I, I look forward to seeing that. Hopefully we'll see that soon. So what do you guys think about how mental health is portrayed in the media and do you think their work is benefiting teens? Is there still room to grow? So I, I think that right now there are a lot of issues in, in even you know show creators with good intentions. And just one of the issues is weighing entertainment value versus, you know, true depictions that might help those in need. And the whole issue of mental health struggles, it's, it's taboo, it's compelling, and it's interesting, and it creates conflict. And that those are the foundations of a story, and it's part, it can be used to propel a story forward. But... The issue is not, you have to use mental health not so much as a tool for the story, but you also should address the actual full experiences of the characters and not just how they relate to a plot. And um, another issue that I think should be talked about is not just like, you know, demonization of people with mental illness, which, you know, has been a trend, I think, throughout entertainment history, but also romanticization of mental health issues. I think 13 Reasons Why suffers from this and a lot of other shows is kind of showing it to be like, I'm quirky, I'm different because I have a mental illness. And, you know, it's not, I don't think that's really how people with mental illness feel. And it's, you know, it's, and it makes it kind of more difficult to have a real conversation around the difficulties of life with mental illness. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, Lalith, how about you? Um, I actually feel that a couple different media channels are doing pretty good. I know ESPN is owned by Disney, and obviously Disney runs a lot of kid shows and different movies. But I think that they're doing a better job on ESPN, which is more of a sports platform than their normal one. And this is because, like, Paul George from the Los Angeles Clippers he actually suffered depression in the bubble a couple months ago. And, you know, you would think that everyone would actually be supporting him, but more people were actually against him instead of supporting him because he's making big bucks. But, you know, he wasn't like scoring 20 to 30 points per game. And I think ESPN really made an effort to tell athletes and, you know, also just kids who have a lot of things on their shoulders that like whatever the focus is, without like proper mental health, you're not going to be the person who you want to be. And I think this was very important because, you know, they set up hotlines with NBA, NFL, various kids organizations, whether it's a TV show for 20 year old or a TV show for 50 year old, you never know what a person is going through. And just any small one minute segment or 30 minute segments of how's your day? What's happening? Can we check up on you? I think that's going to help in the long run. Yeah. So um, another question, like, what what would you guys recommend to a TV show or movie creator on like how to actually capture the teen experience and you know addressing teen mental health issues? It's a great question. I mean, I think interestingly enough, a lot of like showrunners and writers, they have kids or they have nieces or they have people who they could totally talk to who are teenagers. And I think that connection is really important. And even though it's a stigmatized conversation, the only way that we're going to reverse that is by talking about it. And so I would just ask these people, like even, you know, personally working on um, like a show is interesting because you are working with some people so much older than you. 
but you kind of do have to like step your foot in their door and be like, hey, like I'm always here if you want to ask me about the specific thing that I would know about being this age. Um, I think a big thing, particularly with like child's programming is that often it kind of primes people to disregard of mental health and its importance because a lot of it is just like super positive, like overly positive to the point where you almost grow up looking at these shows thinking that nobody feels sadness and that maybe if you do, you're isolated for that. And so I think children's programming has a responsibility to show what sadness can look like, even if it's a simple, you know, not necessarily like mental illness, but sadness, a, a smaller degree of that, that kids can understand and process and feel like they have some source to relate to. And I think that would do a great deal in like destigmatizing the conversation. Yeah, I think one thing, and this kind of ties into how we were talking about earlier, how often the teenagers on these shows are actually played by like almost 30 year olds, you know, talking, I think, first of all, talking to more teenagers, you know, when you're in the process of writing a show. But I also think oftentimes with these older people portraying these roles, it can kind of get glamorized or like portrayed and, you know, in a different way than it actually is. And so I think also having teens portray like actual teenagers would definitely help capture the experience accurately because I also think the way in which we view adults going through mental health difficulties, even if it's an adult playing a teenager, is very different than an actual teenager playing a teenager. And I just think we almost get desensitized to um, watching it on TV. So I think that's just something that like screenwriters and people who work in the industry should think about. Yeah. And granted, like all those screenwriters, they've all been teens before. That's that's true. But nobody has been like, yeah, had the same teenage experience as people who are teenagers now have. I mean, like how different that my experience as being a teenager is to my parents or even some of my older brothers is crazy. I mean, particularly with social media and streaming and new new forms of media that really can affect your mental health more than uh, than it has ever been seen before. And so I think, yeah. The teenagers of today are important and making sure that those representations are accurate. Lalith, do you want to add anything? I actually think that uh, the, the recommendation to screenwriters and like, you know, content creators should be like increasing awareness is one thing, but we need like better awareness. And I think like on cereal boxes and a lot of food boxes, there's like QR codes that usually scan and say, participate in this survey for free food. And I think that that would actually be really like vital for content creators because after a serious episode, let's say it's very emotional and emotionally draining. And I think if they just put a small QR code and ask a couple of questions and, you know, kids like us who are watching the show answer it, they can improve that feedback with their show. Mm. And I think, you know, like if after a couple of episodes again, you know, one kid in like a media interaction with the actors, it would help both sides because then the kids would know that, they're valuing their opinion and it would also show you know like we're increasing awareness but we're truly trying to help you guys you know succeed in our shows now i just think that there needs to be like better interaction because awareness is already there it's like you guys said it's evident in a lot of tv shows and movies but i just think the way it's portrayed isn't there yet definitely and you know i think and when it comes to showrunners or people who produce movies or whatever it's really accessible to kind of keep your finger on the pulse and whether it's a step on Twitter, even if you might not like it, I think you can really find access, literally direct resources to 
what teenagers are feeling right now and kind of look inside of their head. If you do want to do that indirectly, it's possible. Um, being engaged in pop culture and kind of, I know it moves quickly these days, but I think that is essential if you do want to represent it accurately on screen. So, yeah. yeah um, just could I add, like, yes. um, just talking about the kind of beautification of mental illness, mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk a lot about destigmatization, but I think it's it's really more about humanizing, like humanizing mental illness. And we really shouldn't shy away from showing the really ugly parts of having, you know, a mental illness because, um, you know, if, if you really smooth out the experience, it's going to be more difficult for people suffering to actually relate to characters and feel, you know, therapy is beneath me. You know, these people don't really get what it's like to have these problems, you know, that they're not actually going with, through, you know, what I'm going through. So that's why therapy works for them. But seeing like more extreme pain or, or you know, more extreme experiences and seeing those people reach out for help and kind of seeing more resolution for, you know, the uglier side of mental illness could actually, you know, bring more connection between people actually struggling and, you know, the media they consume. And yeah. also you, you mentioned just like mental health disparities. I think that that's also a thing that really needs to be talked about more because I mean, I know I'm Asian American, like from ages 15 to 24, suicide is the most common cause of death. And that's like the demographic for these shows for black people, you know, black women in particular aren't really diagnosed as often with mental health disorders. And so raising awareness and destigmatizing, you know, even the cultural bounds of what is acceptable Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about is, I think, really important. That's all. That's so incredibly true. And then just like people who are behind making these shows and movies, recognizing that every single demographic needs to see their own experience represented in regards to mental health. Particularly, I mean, I will speak a lot about the Black experience because that's what I'm used to. I think it's stigmatized for a lot of reasons, just culturally, but also because so much of the media that's made to skew to that community, to our community, it never talks about that stuff. And if I, they did, I think it would certainly help people come to terms with it and, and approach it as a real thing. And I think you're so right, Paige, when you talk about it, it is less about destigmatization. I think we've destigmatized moderate, talking about moderate mental health issues, but not really the other, you know, any other point on the spectrum of mental health. That's really true. And then I also would love to see in TV shows or movies, how mental health can be hurtful generationally, like that makes any sense and how mental health issues um, or struggles can pass down from the parent to the kid. And like, it really isn't something that's just exclusive to our generation. I know we talk about that particularly because that's the generation that we're from. But I think a lot of the source of that can be um, the generation before us and the people who have, you know, brought us up have also struggled with these things. I know our generation is so often considered sensitive, but I think everybody's sensitive. I think everybody's experienced these things and acting as if like we are the only people. We just happen to be this overtly sensitive generation and we're just dealing with all this is crazy because I think a lot of our tendencies and uh, approach to how we feel about mental health comes from the people who brought us up. Yeah. So I think what Pace says is really true. Like you need to see the ugly more than you need to see the good. Like as someone who's interested in pre-med, whether, whether I'm performing surgeries in the future or helping people, I'm going to have to see like 
dead bodies. And that may not be the most comfortable thing, but it's only going to make me or, you know, the future doctor, like a better doctor. And I think it, the same thing works in a restaurant, right? If you're like a chef or a waiter and there's like unhealthy practices being occurring or happening, like you're going to have to like change that because someday you're going to be eating the food and like you want your food to be clean. So you got to serve other people the same way. And I think like everywhere else except in the media and mental specific, it's just not portrayed that way because you don't see more bad than you see good. And I brought this up before, but like, I understand that movies and TV shows can only go for so long, but you really have to focus on from point A to B. You can't just say one day I'm feeling sad and down and, you know, next day a miracle happens and I come out of it because that's just not the case for everyone, which Paige touched up on. And, and I think that that needs to be showcased more than just from succeeding to failing or vice versa. Yeah, totally. Like not treating mental health as if it's like, this is a little plot twist. And now we're going to disregard this when we've thought of something else for our storyline. Yeah, just uh, to your point about, you know, generational trauma and how that manifests in younger generations, I think that goes to kind of what I kind of mentioned earlier, which is uh, better depends on support systems as well, because um, although the target demographic may be teens for these shows, um, you can also give teens the tools to, you know, better confront maybe their more conservative parents and talking about mental health. And so often, you know, I know with like immigrant households, I myself uh, am a second generation Chinese. So there's a lot of thoughts about stoicism around mental health with many minority communities. It's kind of like so much to their child. So you're expected to kind of tough through it, keep going, be successful. But um, what you said about generational trauma, it really needs to be fostered with these parents who also think that they had a very hard life and thus these issues aren't really relevant, but they're, they are, <laughs> they're very important. Yeah, no, it's interesting what you said about uh, my Mima is an um, Asian American. She's Asian and Sicilian, but either way, she has talked to me about that experience and just the pressure of being a model minority, especially when she was a teenager. Like that was already, you know, her status of living in America was, was she faced so much discrimination as people of color still do nowadays. The expectations of her were, uh, you know, unbelievable as she put it. And um, I don't think that you see that in media or definitely not in film and TV very much. Hi listeners. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us and share it with your friends. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to view the video version of this episode, you can find it on our YouTube channel. Now back to the conversation. As we were wrapping up, I wanted to ask uh, you guys if you had any closing thoughts about this topic in the media. Um, I think something that I didn't mention is also just like, in also portraying the uglier sides uh, and more difficult sides of mental health, also keeping in mind, like for the viewers that might actually be struggling with these issues, not triggering them or, you know, triggering their trauma. Cause I feel like in a, in a lot of, I don't know, in, in the shows I've watched on some occasions, they use it for shock value or like to really emotionally wrench at the viewer. And also, like, if your target audience 
is, you know, people you want to help and people you want to positively benefit from this experience, you have to keep in mind their needs and stay sensitive to their situations as well. I'm really glad you said that because yeah, that's incredibly important. And for anybody listening and who feel, who goes through the things that we're talking about, I hope that we've talked about all of this with sensitivity and sympathy in mind. Ellie? I, yeah, I kind of want to echo that I agree with what Paige just said and you know if you're um, gonna portray a mental health issue or a mental illness on a tv show don't put in like a little bit of effort and then kind of stop there because I've seen on a sh- on shows before characters have been given mental illnesses and then like just the plot line has been completely abandoned later on mm-hmm. and I think just you know make sure that if you're gonna write a mental illness into the story make sure you're going to do a good job of it. And it's not just kind of like what Paige said for shock value. Yeah. And like mental health issues aren't uh, so extremely rare to where I'm sure in in the setting of a writer's room, you have somebody who can speak to that from experience. And I I know like from personal experience that sometimes people, uh, producers or people who run shows can have trouble giving up some of their, their personal kind of investment in their script or this to, to give it up to somebody who really understands that perspective. But I think you have to trust those people. If they're younger than you, if they're a newer writer or a staff member, you've got to trust them to write their own story. And that's the only way that you're going to really able to be able to have media that other people can identify with. Uh, Lalith, how about you? Yeah, I just think at the end of the day, I think the media is getting better. And I think TV shows and movies are getting better in terms of awareness. But again, I just don't think the quality of interaction is there because they're not really hearing from teens or teens who have passed away and forming stories on their experiences. It's still kind of like, just because I have a degree in this or, you know, I've done this for a long time, I think I can still get to the kids. And I think overall, it just we just need more interaction between like actual events that have occurred, kids who are actually going through the situations. And I think that will help everyone. Overall, if you aren't going to portray mental health correctly, it's it's best not not to do it at all. And um, just take take your time. I guess I'm speaking directly to the people, like writers or people who are behind um, media and film and television, that this stuff requires time and, and a lot of um, patience to get accurate and that it's so incredibly worth it at the end of the day. Last but not least, a recurring segment for the series is asking our panelists what they are watching right now. So everyone, uh, what are you guys watching? I am currently watching, uh, binging The Handmaid's Tale last Mm. season, what's coming out. Very invested in that. I'm watching Peaky Blinders, which like, that is the most far from what we're talking about type of series ever. (laughs) British gangs. Yeah, British gangs, like definitely not related. Well, I will say there is a character that struggles with mental health and it's interesting seeing because the character is called Arthur. It's interesting seeing his, his experience in the time period of like the 1920s and 30s when that was certainly not discussed <laughs> at all. You were just considered crazy or not crazy and shout out to Peaky Blinders, I guess. <laughs> Ellie, how about you? I've been watching, I know like the, it, it's not coming out right now. It's kind of, but it was coming out pretty recently is um, Shit's Creek. It's a really good one that I've, I enjoy. Oh yeah, I finished watching that like in March. I was going through just a phase where I was like, I can't do anything except watch TV right now. And that was one of the things that I watched and it was really uplifting. Lalith? Um, yeah, I've been watching All American. I think it's a good show. And I'm actually rewatching Designated Survivor for the second time. 
because I think that portrays various issues across the world. Yeah. I would also, if you guys, have you guys ever seen Master of None? Well, if you've never seen it, I'd recommend watching it. It's a really great show. I think the episodes are like 20 to 20, 20 to like 30 minutes. So they're short, but they like feel so much longer. Great show. Anyway, great cast. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much to Paige, Ellie, and Lalith for joining us and joining me today to talk about this really important topic. That concludes this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. A very special thanks to our wonderful team panelists, Paige Snepp, Balith Goody, and Ellie Langdon, and our moderator, Navia Robinson. If you have a minute, rate and review us. And if you have any friends who you think would like the show, share it with them. If you are interested in learning more about our work, please visit us at scholarsandstorytellers.com and follow our social media accounts by searching Scholars and Storytellers. This podcast was produced by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers, with special thanks to Jim Ools for creating the intro music, the UCLA Film School, the CSS Youth Engagement Team, Nira Liebenthal, Annie Myers, and Jeremy Shane. Goodbye for now, and thank you for listening.